Amen. That was good. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day, Lord. And Lord, uh, Lord, this sermon ain't even enough, Lord, just to speak of the grace, Lord, that you've given to every single one of us. Father, we could just open this book and read it from cover to cover. And Lord, it's just perfect. Lord, for now, I just pray, Lord, you just bless this time. Lord, I've studied. Lord, I've prepared. Lord, help touch somebody's heart, Lord, and just, Lord, make us just be grateful for all that you've done for us. Lord, touch some sinner's heart. Lord, touch some saint's heart. And Lord, just just work a work in here today, Lord, that I pray you would. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 First Corinthians chapter number 15. Man, we are going to see him someday, huh? I started making up a song. Sometimes I like to do that, make up songs when I'm in my car. And it usually always revolves around when you're going to see the Lord and the fire in His eyes, what He's going to look like. Man, it gets you thinking. And it's going to be a day. First Corinthians chapter number 15 says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein ye stand. By which also ye are saved, if you keep in memory that which I preached in you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I deliver unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture. And that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. You know what? That's been fulfilled. That's fulfilled. It might not have been fulfilled in your life. It might not be personal. If you're, if you haven't trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you might not have done that yet. But by the end of the day, you're going to be, you'll know how to. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's what the Bible teaches. He rose again on that third day. He died on that cross for my sins. Amen. Just a sinner, just like Mike. But turn over there to Luke chapter number 24. Luke chapter number 24. Luke chapter number 24 and in verse number 44. Jesus is here talking to the ten. He said, These are the words which I spoke unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. And I'd just like to make a little title out of this right here, just this fulfilled words. Fulfilled words. And in Luke chapter number Luke chapter number twenty-four and verse number one. You know, you see some of these disciples, they just didn't quite have an understanding. I mean, Jesus went through there and he he taught them many things. And he said many things, and all his words were truth, all his words were spirit, some of them to comfort, some of them to correct. And he said so much that some of these disciples and some of the people, they just forgot some of the things that he had said. And they didn't quite have that complete understanding of what he had said. Then in verse number 1, it says, Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher. You know, God forbid that you ever have to go into a church and it feel like a sepulcher. Amen. <laughs> I, mean, I don't want to attend a church where you go in there and it's just like a dead service where you go in there. I don't ever want my preaching to ever be like that. Yeah. I pray it's not. Lord, give me a, a heart, Lord, just to touch the people. Lord, make it real in my life. Lord, that I'm just not going and doing dead things. That it's real. 
Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared, and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And they entered in and found not the body of Jesus. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? Valid question. He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, and this is what he says, verse number 7, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and on the third day risen again. Now he told them this, but they didn't understand it. And you look over there, look, just turn back. We're going to flip through a few passages today. You know what, what's neat about all these gospels at the end? They all have different accounts. We're going to turn over there to Matthew. Matthew gives a different account. Luke here gives the account of the two of, of, of walking from Emmaus. You look over there to John. John gives the, the account of, of Peter and the feed my lambs and the account of Thomas. You know, go ahead and stick your finger in my side. You know, all of them have something different when Jesus rose from the dead again, which is how it's just to study those scriptures and get that whole complete picture. I mean, it's great, the stuff that the Lord will do in your life, and and He did in their lives. So look at Luke chapter number 9. Luke chapter number 9. And in verse number 22, and it says, saying that the Son of Man must suffer many things, this is Jesus speaking, and be rejected of the, of the elders and the chief priests, and be slain and raised the third day. You know, he tells them this. You know, and they, did, they didn't quite understand it yet. They were just, it was kind of forgotten, kind of sitting there on the back. And this other passage, you look over there at Mark chapter 8, in verse number 31, and it says, And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and three days, and after three days rise again. And he spake that saying openly, and Peter took him and began to rebuke him. Like I said, you got to love Peter. He always tries like, Lord, Lord, you just can't die. You just can't go do that. You can't. What are you doing, Lord? You're going to have to stay here. But when he had turned about and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter, saying, Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savorest not the things that which be of God, but the things be of men. You know, Peter probably wanted to forget that day. You know, that wasn't really a good day. I remember when the Lord called you Satan. (laughs) You You know, why'd you have to bring that up? You know, he probably wanted to forget that a little bit. You know, but look over there in the book of Matthew. And he told him of these things. Matthew chapter 28. This is Matthew 28. And verse number 1. It says, In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see, to see the sepulcher. 
And behold, there was a great earthquake for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for the fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. I don't know if you can even, that's like one of my favorite passages just to read. I mean, you got these soldiers that are just standing there, right? And they say, you know what? You're going to have to keep a guard for this. Make sure Jesus doesn't get out. Make sure the disciples don't go steal him. And God's like, oh, I got a different plan. (laughs) And that Bible says, and behold, there was a great earthquake for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven, came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. (laughs) That's so funny. I mean, all these, the best, the strongest of the strongest of men of the guards that are guarding that tomb. And all of a sudden, this one guy just comes down. And I kind of just think he just kind of just pushed the stone. And then sat on it. What are you guys doing? You know what I mean? What are you, I mean, they were scared. It doesn't say he had a sword. It says, it, then it says, his countenance was like lightning and his raiment was white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. <laughs> Mama, <laughs> help me. <laughs> That's what they was doing. And the angel answered in verse number five and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said. You know what? These fulfilled words. But you know what? They forgot him. You know what? He is risen. He's alive. Why seek ye the living among the dead? And you look back there even further. Matthew chapter 28. You know, the Jews say the disciples stole him. Verse number 11 says, Now now when they were going, behold, some of the watch came into the city and showed unto the chief priests all the things that were done. And they were assembled with the elders and they had taken counsel. They gave large money unto the soldiers, saying, Say ye, his disciples came by night and stole him away while he slept. So what happened is these soldiers, they ran away. They get back to the city and they're like, You're not going to believe what just happened. This angel descended and then he rolled away the stone and he just sat upon it. And we left and we came back here. And they tell these to all the chief priests and the elders. And the elders took counsel and said, you know what? You can't say that. You can't say that. You can't say that. We're going to pay you a whole bunch of money and you're just going to say, you know what? His disciples came and stole him. And they took him away. And you know what it says? It says, and his disciples came and, and saying, say, his disciples came by night and stole him away while he slept. And, and if this come to the governor's ears, he will persuade him and secure you. So they took the money and did as they were taught. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. You know what? There's still people that they don't even believe this. They don't believe Jesus rose from the dead. They, they don't, they think the disciples came and stole his dead body. I mean, I like listening, I mean, Ben Shapiro, God bless him. But you know what Ben Shapiro is? He's a Jew. And you listen to, I mean, I listen to Ben Shapiro and I appreciate what he does in sticking up for the truth. Facts. Let me get that. He sticks up for facts. But he don't know Jesus for nothing. 
he's as blind as can be. And they were talking to him about Jesus. And you know what he, he said about he said about Jesus? He goes, oh, yeah, he was a troublemaker. And I was like, what? <laughs> he said he was a troublemaker. He caused an uprising against the Jews. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he did. You're right, you're right. Yeah. Commonly reported among the Jews. Blinded. You know what they did right there? They take the gospel out. Well, Jesus didn't die for your sins. No, his disciples took him. Well, there goes the gospel. Now the gospel's nowhere. Christ didn't rise again on the third day. He didn't die for my sins on the on that cross. They just get rid of the gospel. Come back over there, First Corinthians chapter number fifteen. gets rid of the gospel. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you, verse number one, the gospel which I preached unto you, which you've also received, wherein you stand, but which also you are saved, if you keep in memory that I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, which I received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scripture. You know what? Christ died for our sins on that cross. Every single one of us. And that he was buried and that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. You know, that's the gospel by which thou art saved. Everyone in here. Romans 3, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Look over, look over Romans. Book of Romans. Romans chapter number 10. Romans chapter number 10 and verse number 9. The Bible says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead... Thou shalt be saved. That was key in me. Believing that in my heart. Believing that with all my heart. I remember when I first got that track from Rocco Shanks. I got that track. I actually sent him a picture of it today. I got that track at a gas station years ago. Cussed in front of his family and he didn't take no offense to it and he just gave me a track. He said, hey man, can I give you this? I said, yeah, I'll take that. Years go by, not even years, actually probably just a couple months, and then I, I see him, I'm babysitting Heidi's kids, and he comes up, he shaved his beard. I say, hey man, what you shaved your beard for? And he goes, hey, who are you? And I say, you gave me that piece of paper at the gas station. Then I started coming to church when we was over there in the school, in the school gymnasium over there. Some of y'all remember that. Never in a million years did I ever think I'd be right here. By the grace of God. I mean, I'd go in that church house and I would, and, and he'd, he'd start preaching on, you're a, you're a sinner. And I'd be like, buddy, you have no idea what I was doing before I came here. 
And the stuff I left behind before I even got here and I'm not even saved yet. I mean, I can't speak of them. But boy, I read that, that you got to believe with your whole heart. And I mean, I knew there was something to that. Man, this just didn't happen by coincidence. This stuff is just too real. And I called upon the name of the Lord. I mean, I didn't want to go up at a, to an altar there at that time because of an experience I had in a Pentecostal church. And then they pushed me down and I called them a bunch of phonies. But can I tell you, that, that ain't that way today. Not in this church. You call upon the name of the Lord and you will be saved. You confess your sins to Him, He will forgive you. He did with me and I'm a sinner. And He's forgiven me every single time. I never thought I'd be right here in a million years. I honestly thought I'd just be in prison. I'm going to keep moving on. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, thou shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You know what? That's whosoever. That's anybody. Anybody that wants to. Even if you don't like him, it doesn't matter. God died for them too. I remember I've told this illustration before and I'll just tell it now. There was one time in my life, Romans 5, 6, Romans 5, 6 was key in my life. That was the first verse that I read, and boy, I just started weeping like a baby. For, you know, for indeed, Christ, Christ died for the ungodly. That's pretty much what that verse says. And there was a past time in my life where there was a guy on another side of a door with a gun, and I was going to blow him away. And I'm behind a concrete sink, a washing machine, a dryer, and I'm tucked back like this with my 9 millimeter, and all he's got to do, and he's got an AK-47 on the other side of that door, and all he's got to do is open that door, and I'm going to put bullets through that guy. And the Lord held that door shut when I was ungodly before I was saved. And I used to get kind of puffed up about that a little bit. I used to. I really did. I used to think, oh, man, you know, thank you, Lord, for thinking about me and think, thinking about me. And then the Lord told me this. He says, yeah, you know, Mike? He goes, I died for him too. I said, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you. I forgot about that. I forgot. Christ died for sinners, not just me. Amen. How then shall shall they call on Him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? You know what? Those, those Jews just took that, that, that right out. They take this whole gospel right out. But you know what? We still got to be preaching this. The God still saves sinners. And I watched it happen. He's still doing it, folks. People still out there looking for the truth. I mean, it's a good thing. 
Look at Second Corinthians chapter number four. Just to give you a little seriousness context. We don't want to hide it. Most of these passages for most of us here are pretty familiar passages. And they ought to be. We ought to be thankful for them. Second Corinthians chapter number four. And in verse number three says, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. And whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but, the, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. You know what? This light needs to be revealed. You know, the devil, he just, he's going out there and he blinds them. He's blinded them in the school systems. He's blinded them with the education. He's blinded them with all just the shiny stuff that's out there in the world to sidetrack everybody. I was talking with one person. He says that he didn't believe that Devil possession even took place anymore. I says, well, I says, devil possession back in the day, it was served with people cutting themselves and scarring themselves and, and being naked. I said, but right now, what you got? I says, you, you just go right around here. There's strip clubs everywhere. And people tattoo themselves regularly. They scar themselves. It's accepted. Why does he need to show anybody? I mean, any else? He's already got you sidetracked. He's already blinded them. But now it's just being accepted. You know what? The gospel still needs to get preached. But go back to Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24, and in verse number 4 and 8. You know what? Praise God for the two men here who reminded them of what God said. And it came to pass that there was much perplexity about two men stood by them in shining garments, and there they they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth and said to them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but he has remembered how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. In verse number 8, and they remembered his words. You know, I like that, being reminded of it. Don't you remember there what the Lord said? Oh, yeah, that was good. Sometimes you can get it mixed up. Oh, yeah, that's the way he said it. Oh, I remember that now. Now I have a better understanding. Other times it's a little more difficult. You know, it says over there in verse number 10, And it was Mary Magdalene and Joanne, the Mary mother of James, and the other women that were with them, and which told these things unto the apostles. And their words seemed to be as idle tales, and they believed them not. Now, these were frivolous words. 
You know, they came and told him, they said, you know what? The Lord, the Lord's risen and he's not there anymore. And they're like, really? Is that what happened? Just idle. Didn't have an effect. Now, why did it seem like that way to him? Why? Was it their hearts? Is the gospel cold again? Is the devil already working on him? Hope's gone. Were they discouraged that Christ died? Maybe their hearts got hardened. Be careful. Your heart doesn't get hardened. You know, we can get like that real quick. And then you see other people, they just they have an excitement for the Lord, but you don't. You ever been there? I mean, not everyone has the same excitement that you do. It becomes idle, becomes frivolous. Maybe they just say, you know what, he didn't appear to me. Why would he appear to you? You know what I love about just reading this? You know who Jesus appeared to first? You know who Jesus appeared to first? Mary Magdalene. That's humbling. Mary Magdalene, the one that was possessed with seven devils. If that ain't the love of God, I mean, that's something. That just shows you how good God is. That He's going to go to the one that He pulled the seven devils out of, the one that was seeking Him, and she appeared to Him first. Man, I love that part. I love that hope. But you know what? They just weren't understanding. Look back over there in Luke chapter number 24, verse 36. And it says, and, thus they thus, and as they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrighted, and supposed they had seen a spirit. Now this is just the ten, the ten disciples. Judas is dead. Thomas is not here. You can read the account of Thomas over there in the book of John, but Thomas isn't here in, in this passage right here. And he said, why are, tr- why are ye troubled, and why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, and that it is my, I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones as ye see me have. And when he had thus spoken, he showed him his hands and his feet. And while they believed not for joy and wondered, he said unto them, Have you here any meat? And he gave him a piece of broiled fish and of honeycomb, and he took it and did eat it before them. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spoke unto you while I was yet with you that all these things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the Scriptures. Can I tell you right now, when before, before I got saved, I didn't understand the Scriptures. And there was this time where I had to seek the Lord out, and you still got to seek the Lord out. And after you get saved, you know what? Then you just start understanding some of the scriptures and the Lord here is explaining that to him and he, and, and he says the same thing over there to the two that were in Emmaus 
It's amazing how many times the Lord brings up the scriptures in this passage. Look at, look at this. We'll just read this through rather quick. And behold, two of them, verse number 13. And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about threescore furlongs. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass, while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. Hey, man, ain't that like the Lord? You're communing together and reasoning. He says, you know what? I'm going to get around these guys, and I'm I'm just going to hang out. I'm going to go talk with these guys. Especially when it says, Jesus says in verse number 17, what manner of communications are these that you have one another as you walk and are sad? And Jesus comes near and, he, and he's just going to talk with them. But these guys, as we read through here, remembered some things. They didn't forget a lot of these things. But they didn't also have a complete understanding. And one of them whose name was Cleopas answering, said to him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem and hast not known these things which are come to pass in these days? And he said unto him, What things? And they said unto him concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet mighty indeed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this today is the third day since these things were done. They and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher. And when they found not his body, they came saying that we had also seen a vision of angels which said he was alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher and found it even as so the women had said, but him they saw not. Then he said unto them, O fools. Not the usual comment that I would expect to read. And slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. You know what he says? All. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and enter into his glory and beginning at Moses and all the prophets he, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets he expounded unto them in all the scriptures concerning himself. You know what? Just those fulfilled words. He calls them all fools. You know, he chasing them a little bit for not believing at all. You know, you got this whole book front to cover is a history book. It tells you what's going to happen. There's prophecy in here that hasn't been fulfilled yet. And you're going to have to get in it. He'll open your understanding. And hopefully these words, these fulfilled words won't seem frivolous. And they won't seem idle when you read it. If that happens, you know what? You got a heart problem. Amen. This word ought to come alive in your heart when you read it. I mean, he chased him a little bit, same way he chased Peter. We won't turn there, but he said, you know, Peter's over there. It says, end of John, he says, the third time he appeared unto the disciples. You know what Peter says? He says, you know, man, I'm going to go fishing. Third time he came to the disciples and appeared to them. Third time. And he says, you know, I'm just going to go fishing. Now we can get like that as Christians. The words just don't quite set in our hearts enough. They seem just idle. But you know what the Lord does? The Lord says, this was after Peter denied him. This was after Peter cussed. He says, you know what, Peter? He says, lovest thou me more than these things? 
And Peter says, yeah, Lord, I love you. He says, go feed my lambs. He says, lovest thou me more than these things, Peter? He says, yeah, Lord, I love you. He says, go feed my sheep. Lovest thou me more than these things? I always think you're just looking at those fish. Because that Bible says, it says, hey, I'm going to go fishing. It says that night they caught nothing. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> I always wonder about that. If I go out and do something, I'm going to go out and do this. And I get nothing. I'm like, are you trying to tell me something here, Lord? <laughs> Amen. That's what I think when I read my Bible. Well, I didn't get nothing there. Well, okay, maybe I wasn't. Anyhow. But the Lord tells him a third time, lovest thou me? He goes, yeah, Lord, I love you. He goes, go feed my sheep. You know what you find Peter doing after that? You find Peter going out there and feeding the sheep. You find him following after God. You find him going out there in the book of Acts and he's giving it his all for it. The fishermen. I mean, it's kind of weird you read through that thing and the Lord calls Peter to be the apostle of the Jews and not Saul. We'd have done it the other way, I know. But the Lord says, no, I'm going to use the fishermen to do that because I'm going to use the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And I'm going to use this religious guy over here to be that to the Gentiles because he's going to answer all the questions for them. Makes sense now, but it's not the way I said, not the way I'd have done it because I'm not God. Thank God. You guys can all say, Amen. <laughs> amen. It's the same way these guys, these guys were excited about that rebuke. These guys, these two from Emmaus, they come by and Jesus calls them fools and says, you know, and they, they said, you know what? They, they like that. And he expounded from Moses all the way up there to Malachi, Exodus all the way to Malachi. And they said, you know what? Why don't you just hang out with us? Careful how you hear it. Just because he called them fools, he still had a good heart for them. They received that word well. They received that in their heart. They just didn't, oh, he called me a fool. They said, no, why don't you come out and why don't you hang out with us for a little bit? Jesus reveals himself to them and their eyes were opened in verse number 31. And in verse number 32, it says, And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the Scriptures? You know what? They're fervent words. That God wants to talk with you and open to you the Scriptures. You know what? It's a good feeling. When you're reading this book, God's talking with you. God's correcting you. You read through those Proverbs. You read through your Psalms. God's encouraging you. And that heart burns within you. You start thinking about the time the Lord saved you. The Lord loves you. The Lord forgave you. Now, that just burns within your heart. You know, it's a good feeling when you find out that God's still alive. God's not dead. 
Verse number 33, And they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven gathered together and them that were with them, saying, The Lord and risen indeed and hath appeared unto Simon. You know what? It's a good feeling. You'll want to tell others. You ought to want to. The Lord is risen. Tell them how He was made known unto you. Tell them your testimony, how you got saved. Tell them how He changed your heart from sad in verse number 17 to glad in verse number 32. I mean, has He done that for you today? He did it for Hannah. Samuel's mama. How about you, Christian? You get excited about reading God's Word? He revealed Himself to you lately? I mean, He will talk with you. Are you talking with Him? I mean, are you lost today? Have you ever trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior? Amen. Today's a good day to get saved. That Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's anybody. God is always up there. Not on the cross, but He's always in heaven. The Bible says He ever... I forgot it. Seeing he's ever there, he's ever there listening for our prayers over in Hebrews. I forgot. I apologize. John three sixteen says, "For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, should not perish, but have everlasting life." For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. You know what? It's not a condemning message. Message of salvation. It's a message of love. For God so loved the world. I'm going to tell others about the gospel. Verse number 46, Luke 24 says, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remissions of sins should be preached in His name among all the nations, beginning at Jerusalem, and ye are witnesses to this day. You tell others the gospel. That Christ died for our sins, was buried, rose again on the third day. Whosoever calleth upon him. That's whosoever at any time. In verse number 15, it said, And then he led them out as far as to Bethany and lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass while he blessed them that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. You know, that's a big difference in Luke chapter 24. 
Verse number one, I mean, you go from the last verse, and they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Verses the first verse. Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came to the sepulcher. So there's some stuff that happened in the middle there that happened where they found out God was alive and God was worth praising and God forgave them. And God's still in the business of saving people and God's still revealing himself to people. And they praised him for it and went in there and sang and praised him and blessed him in the temple, which is what we try to do in here every single Sunday. Just lift the Lord up in prayer and in a voice and in a song and a special, even with the scriptures. And it can't even been told I can't even do it any justice of, of what God's done for me, let alone for what God's done for every single person in this room. Can I get an amen right there? Ain't no preacher going to be able to do it enough. I think John will just close with this verse right here. And there are also many other things which Jesus did. He says, this is John's last verse. And there were also many other things which Jesus did. That which if they should be written, everyone, I suppose, that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written in. Amen. He's been good to you today. Every single one of us are without excuse. We remember what he's done. Do you remember what he's done in your life? Have you called upon him yet? Are you saved today? It's a good day to get saved. Brother Dale, why don't you come up? You know, you can still seek Him. Don't go through these doors today if you've never called upon the Lord. This time invitation will have. You know, as we pray, why don't you just call out to the Lord if you haven't done it before. Ask Him to save you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for dying on that cross, Lord, and raising again on that third day. Lord, I thank you for saving my soul. Lord, I thank you for giving me a new life. Lord, I pray today, if there's somebody here today, Lord, that uh, Lord, they just call upon you. Lord, I pray right now, Lord, as I ask, Lord, if they just lift up their hand, Lord, as is there somebody here today, Lord, that just never called upon you? Would, they, would you lift up your hand today? I wouldn't call you forward. I wouldn't try to embarrass you. But I just want to talk with you after the service. Never try to embarrass you a bit. Would there be somebody like that today? Anybody? Anybody? Lord, I just thank you for this message. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for all these people, Lord, and their willingness to come. Lord, I pray, Lord, that we just draw near to thee, Lord, and just, uh, Lord, talk of the good things that you've done to us. Lord, might we remember them, Lord, and be watchful of the things that you're going to do in the future. We thank you for your goodness, your grace, Lord, your forgiveness, and your long-suffering towards us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.